Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 102, where in a moment we discuss reviewing your finances when you change job. That's on the way in just a second. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we've got loads, an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into a back catalogue of shows. In our programs to date, we featured loads of stuff, pensions, investing, wills and powers of attorney and loads more. You name it, we've done it. And last week, we chatted about what to do with your existing policies in a cost of living crisis. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And in that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and with me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Okay, so this week, uh, we're looking at reviewing your finances when you change job, and there's a lot of that going about right now, post-COVID. They called it the great resignation of people suddenly realizing they were unhappy in their work, had been for years, and deciding on a whim that they were going to open a, an artisan bread shop and embrace their passion. Others may be losing their job as the, the cost of living situation bites and they've been let go. Or perhaps, and this is the situation most of us like to think of when it comes to changing jobs, we're going to go to something that pays better. We'll be earning more. Now, I can see why it's important to review your finances in either of the first couple of examples, and you're you know, maybe earning less than you were, but is it important to review things when you're earning more as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say any time there's a, a big change in, in your life, it's a great time to, to kind of review things, but whether your income is going up or down, or, or even if it stays the same, if you are changing jobs, it's a great time to review your situation, as we'll find out as we go through the, the podcast today. So what are the sort of things that we have to look at? Your pension, maybe? I mean, how, how would that be affected? Is there anything that we might have to do, or does it take care of itself? Yeah, I mean, if, if you're employed, it's likely that you've been auto-enrolled into to a workplace pension. For most people, they, they'll be in this auto-enrollment scheme or, or workplace pension. You, you may get a few people, if they've been in a job a long time, they might be lucky that they're in what's called a, a final salary or defined benefits scheme. Coming across that less and less these days, there's not that many employers offer that sort of thing anymore. But whatever pension arrangement you had, it's worth reviewing it to see if what you have and, and how it's doing is what's best for you. If, if it is a final salary pension scheme, then chances are it's going to be best left where it is. But it's good to see what benefits you can expect from that and, and really get a, a good idea as to what your income is likely to be in retirement. Do you need to keep saving more? Do you need to save less? Really a good opportunity to to sit down and, and look at those things. And for most people, they're, they're going to have an auto-enrollment workplace pension. Again, when you change job, it's a great time to review that. And you've got several options with that type of pension. You can leave it where it is. You can transfer it to any new employer's pension scheme if they'll accept transfers in. You can transfer it to your own personal pension if you've got one. And that could be that you've got one already in place or you could set up a new personal pension for, for that. And if you're over the age of 55, 
it is possible you might want to consider taking some of the money out of your pension. If you've got a personal pension, you can usually take up to 25% of that as a tax-free lump sum. But what you will tend to find is if you are withdrawing money out of a pension, if you're of that age and, and want to do so, the more money you draw out of it now, the less you're going to have at some point in the future when you, you look to retire and you're looking to take an income from your, your pot. So a lot of things to consider. But yeah, when, when you change jobs, I think reviewing your pension at that stage is, is massively important. Mm, okay. Now, this next bit is something I've never had to consider because I've, I've always been self-employed. But I suppose there might be benefits you either lose or gain from changing employer as well. What's potentially important about that? Yeah, that's it. I mean, when you're employed by a company, I mean, it may be that they've maybe got some sort of death and service scheme. I know other employers will offer things like private medical insurance. Um, sometimes you'll have other benefits like critical illness cover, or you've maybe, I, I know some companies will offer sort of income protection. So they'll maybe pay you so long if you're off work sick. So that that's all things to, to kind of take into account and, and consider as well. Yeah, on a similar vibe, Phil, I suppose sick pay might be something you have to consider as well. Definitely. I mean, it's good to look and say, right, what sick pay did you get from your last employer? What will you get now? Because that, that's going to be quite a, an important thing. I mean, if you've gone from a job where you had six months full pay, six months half pay, and then you go to a job that you don't have any sick pay at all, other than maybe statutory sick pay, at that point, it's going to be important to kind of think, right, do I need to maybe look at things like an income protection policy? And if you do have maybe like an accident sickness policy in place or income protection. It's also good to review that as well, because if you've changed occupation, that's going to be a big factor in the, the cover that you've got as well. So there's plenty of things to, to look at when it comes to like sickness benefits and also like other benefits that your employer may offer you as well. Yeah, I'm just thinking this through. You're talking about that, you know, the, the income protection, for instance, presumably if your salary changes, the amount you pay for things like income protection or, or any other protection policy might as well. So if you're if you're earning more, I guess, for income protection, you'll have to pay more. Does that change on a sliding scale the other way as well? Because, I mean, that might be a useful way to save a bit if you're worse off in the new position. Yeah, I mean, if, if your income has changed, it's good to review your income protection because you want to then say, right, do I have enough cover? Do I now have maybe too much cover? Because... If if you companies will only cover you up to a certain percentage of what you earn. So if your earnings have gone down, what you might find is that if you're still covered for your old earnings and you were on the maximum benefit, they might only pay out a certain percentage of what your new earnings are. So you might not get the full amount paid out on a claim. So it is it's really important whether your earnings go up or down or stay the same. It really is good to, to look at all your, your income protection things and going back as well about some of the benefits that, that people get through employers. It's also so a couple of the ones that I missed out just came into my mind a second ago. You've got some employers have got things like a cycle to work scheme. They sometimes offer childcare benefits, luncheon vouchers, all that sort of things as benefits that you might give up or might be getting on a, a new employer as well. But so many things to to look at and mm. mentioned there about the, the income protection. And if you do change jobs, that's that's a big one to, to review. Also as well, I mentioned there, some employers, you might have life insurance through your work or maybe attached to, to a pension scheme. 
you, you do get some employers that will offer critical illness cover. Don't find that too many offer that, but it is good just to, to check and see what benefits you had and what benefits you'll have if you are changing job. Yeah, and sometimes there are things which are specific to the company that you're employed by. For you know, for instance, if if you work for something like Sky, then the chances are you might get your or you know a basic Sky package as part of your you, you know your hire. So you could then take that off your your monthly um, outgoings, I suppose. So it, it's all all these things are in the balance. Here's an interesting one, Phil, because I've been in positions before when I've been earning less than I did when I was initially assessed for my mortgage in terms of affordability. And it's been difficult, but we've never missed a payment. So my theory was, if we wouldn't be approved for the mortgage anymore, say nothing to the lender. I'm sure you'll tell me in a minute whether I was right or wrong to adopt that approach. The other thing is, in the instance you earn more, all of a sudden you might be able to to afford a a better mortgage. And that's when you want to speak to somebody, right? So might it impact your mortgage, this uh, changing jobs? Yeah, I mean, mortgage affordability, it's assessed at the time that you apply for a mortgage. So if your income goes down or outgoings go up, it's not going to change the mortgage that you already have. So once you've got that in place, you've got that in place. But where it could restrict you is um, when you come to the end of your current deal. So let's say that you're on a fixed rate deal at the moment, it may... it may restrict your options, for example, to remortgage to another lender if your income had reduced or if your outgoings had gone up, that might restrict things there. There may be the option to get a better deal or better rate from your existing lender. And one good thing with that is that they don't fully underwrite it again. So once you're with that lender, at that point, they'll offer you a new deal, but they won't want to see things like pay slips or accounts or, or anything like that again. And this is where a good mortgage broker can come in and look at all your different options. So that, that's really where where they can come in with things. And there, there was one, I think it's Liz Truss at the minute in the Conservative Party leadership race. She, she was actually saying one of the things she wanted to see in the future was lenders taking account, for example, if somebody had been paying X amount for rent, and they could consistently show that they could afford that. She was wanting mortgage lenders to take that into account when they're looking at affordability, because that's something they don't. So things may change on that front. I mean, things change in financial services all the time. But at the moment, certainly if if you were to change job and your income goes down, it's not going to affect any current mortgage that that you have. If you're thinking about moving, it it may do that. But if if you change jobs, some lenders, when you are coming to move, they'll... If you're on a probationary period, some lenders don't like that. Some lenders as well will maybe ask for three months pay slips. Or if you go from being employed to self-employed, that'll make it more difficult to, to get a new mortgage in the future. Some lenders will ask for two years accounts before they'll give <laughs> somebody like yep. self-employed a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, they, they there are there are companies out there that'll will do it on one year's accounts. So there is a wee bit of help. And in fact, there's also some lenders, I mean, if somebody goes from being employed to, let's say, a contractor, although they're really self-employed, there is lenders out there that classes them more as a contract worker. So again, this is where a good mortgage broker is worth their, their weight in gold to help with all of that sort of things. Another thing that can come up if you're changing job is sometimes you have to relocate. So again, things like probationary periods, number of pay slips or time you have to be in a job, 
your mortgage broker will help you out with all of that sort of things there as well. Yeah. Now, before I would make a decision of this kind of nature, you know, where you leave one job for another, I'd probably sit down and do my maths to see whether I could afford it, whether I'd be significantly better off, was it worth my while at the end of the day, all of that. Basically weighing up the financial pros and cons should go without saying, but you do need to know thorough answers for that picture, don't you? I mean, you can't just stick your head in the sand if it's bad news. You've got to tackle it, right? So calculating the new budget is a must. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's always good to review what you've got coming in and what you've gone out. And that's particularly true if you are going to be on a, a new or, or different salary. It's always good to, to budget. And, and also, you've got to take into account if you are giving up any kind of valuable benefits. In, in Aberdeen, in the area where, where I'm based, I see a lot of people who they work maybe in the oil industry and they were employed. And then what's happened is they've been offered a job as maybe like a contractor or they, they set up a limited company that I see that happening regularly. And, and what you'll find is that people in that situation, they'll probably get paid more, but it's easy to forget that they are maybe giving up some things like maybe holiday pay, money going into pensions. They've also lost things like sick pay benefits. So, it's important to review all of that sort of stuff and replace that if that's something that's that's then gone. Absolutely. Uh, another thing you may have to look at, and, and this is something I always have to consider because I work all over the UK right now, but I've also worked away from home Monday to Friday in the one place before. Even if you're going to be traveling to like a different part of town for your daily commute and it's an extra 10 minutes, how much more will you pay in petrol or, or fares? So travel costs could certainly be a, a contributory, if not a deciding factor, couldn't they? Oh, definitely. And that, that's a big consideration. I, I moved myself about five miles away. And, and it doesn't sound much, but I mean, I, I know the cost of fuel's gone up anyway, but gee whiz, I feel like I'm definitely putting a lot more diesel into my car than, than what I used to before. And that's probably made even worse with the fact that the prices of diesel has gone up so much the, the last wee while as well. And then the more miles you're doing on a car, the more servicing you're going to have to get done, the more wear and tear on your tires. So there are thing, things like that to, to take into account as well. And like for like to yourself, you're, you're traveling all over the country, John. So I mean, you must be, have you seen a rise in like airfares and things <laughs> lately? Or? Yeah. Yes. Is the, is the short answer to that. Yeah. I mean, every, everything's going up, but the thing, I mean, I'm not going to get onto this because this is soapbox territory, Phil, but the, the thing that I feel right now with traveling is that most of it's broken. So like whether it's a train or a plane or whatever you're getting on, there tends to be now more delays and more breakdowns and more issues than I've yeah. ever known in, in, in a long time. And it, and still, it all costs more. Yeah. If, if you are living away for work, it may be that you have rent or utilities to consider, and, and that makes taking you know a new position unviable. I and mean, those could end up being anything in the next year, those, those sorts of, of numbers that we're talking about for rent or utilities. I'm not trying to be a doom monger, but th this is stuff that you, you might have to consider, isn't it, Phil? It is. I mean, if you were looking to move to, say, a new area, you've got to take into account, like, well, what's the rents if you're, you're going to rent a property? Or if you're looking to buy, you, you've got to look and say, well, what's my housing costs going to be? Are they going to be more, less? Are they going to stay the same? I mean, to, to give you an example, if you're moving from Scotland to, let's say, London, I mean, the average house price in Scotland is around about £180,000. Whereas if you move to, to London, the average house price there is over half a million pounds. So, Jeepers, you, you could pay three times as much for, for the same property there. 
So, I mean, that that's big things to, to weigh up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we've covered quite a, a, a bit of ground here. So reviewing your finances when you change job, just bring together for me a sort of general overview as to why it's important that you do it and all the things that you, you need to incorporate into that calculation, Phil. Yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty to look at financially when, when you change job. I mean, budgeting is, is really important. It's a great time to review things like your pensions, also a good time to review the benefits that you had and the benefits that, that you will have with, with any new employment. Good time as well just to review existing policies, see what you have. Is that still going to suit you when you change job? But as I, I always think that when you change job, it is a, a really good time to sit down and, and have a financial review. Okay. Now, we, we usually do this bit, Phil. You find inspiration through various folk that you admire and you love a quote. What have you got on the subject of today's show, reviewing your finances when you change job? I've got a quote from Zig Ziglar today. He's a chap, I don't think I've had too many of his quotes, which is surprising. He's a lot of good ones out there. But the, the quote of the week this week, making a big life change is pretty scary, but you know what's even scarier? Regret. Yeah. We always do this bit as well. Have you ever had an instance where you've experienced something connected to today's subject where you found your own learnings, let's say, just a reminder of today's subject again, Phil, reviewing your finances when you change job. When I, in the early stages of my career, I changed job a lot of times. It took me quite a while to find what I wanted to, to get into and what I wanted to do. And I, I ended up, I had a lot of little pension pots dotted about all over the place. And for me, I, I ended up merging them all into one pot, which I've still got today, what I would say is it's important to take advice, though, because you want to make sure that you're getting it right with, with things like that, because that's going to have a big impact on your, your retirement plans at, at the end of the day. So, but yeah, I've seen it myself. I mean, I've, I've changed jobs and sometimes you'll have certain benefits with one. And then I mean, one employer had quite good death and service benefits, but then that's only a benefit if you die, is it? That's that's a thing. So <laughs> luckily that's never been, been needed, but uh, <laughs> No, yeah. it's, there is. There's a lot to, to take into account. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your queries. If ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details coming up in just a moment. I'll give it to you after these. Hi, Phil. I keep reading these doom-monger warnings about how we're in for a winter of real difficulty with everything going up in price, etc. Do you ever see the prices levelling out again? Or will wages eventually have to rise to catch up? I think the way things are going, something needs to change. I mean, I've read some experts sort of predicting that they think high inflation could be here well into next year. And a lot of people are struggling already. And, and it, it looks like it's just going to get worse towards the end of the year. When they're speaking about recessions, they're speaking about fuel prices going up even further. But hopefully whoever comes in as the, the new prime minister, they'll hopefully be able to try and get on top of things because it's not a great situation at the moment. And it really is. It's it's difficult to predict to any certainty where things are going to go, but it's not good at the moment for, for a lot of people. No, absolutely not. Next up, here's one from Audrey Dumfries. She says, hi, Phil. I know cost of living is not really a field for any financial advisors to expertly discuss, but I know how keen you are to help. And I wonder if you might make a show about cutting back 
in relative comfort where we can all try to keep everyone a little better looked after. Now, I wonder, Phil, before you answer this, I wonder if you think, well, we've kind of already done this in a couple of shows because we, we sort of have touched on it, haven't we? We've touched on on various things. I mean, we, we did one show previously nearer the, the start, episode 17. It was called How to Save Money on Your Bills. Now, a lot of that podcast is still pretty relevant today. So it, it might be good to do another show on a similar kind of subject at some point, because I know a lot has changed over the last year and a half since we, we recorded that podcast. But another one that, that may be worth a listen for, for some people is, and I, I hate bringing this up, we're, we're in August at the minute, but Christmas is going to soon be upon us again. And episode 63 was quite a good one, and that was how to keep the cost of Christmas down. So mm. that may be a relevant one for, for people just in the, the next month or two as well. But not only in that one, there, there was a few good tips in that just for saving money generally, not just for, for Christmas time. But hopefully that that two episodes, episode 17 and episode 63, they would certainly be worth a listen for Audrey. Yeah, and if we, if we are going to make a, a another one of this kind of thing, she's saying making a show about cutting back in relative comfort. So I'm wondering if, if Audrey's meaning things like, you know, say, let's say you've got a Netflix subscription, but you've also got Sky TV and you can have Netflix th- free through your Sky, then you can save your, you know, chuck your Netflix subscription, that's 10 quid. And I just wonder if, if it's that sort of thing where it, it's more a little bit of housekeeping almost, where we, we go and see how much money we can yeah. just, just chip back on here and there. I don't know. Yeah, even last week's po- podcast, we, we did that on reviewing your policies when you're out going sore. So yeah. even that might be worth, worth a listen if you haven't listened to that one already. But yeah, I think it would be a good to, to just do, do, you know, like even little tips. I remember somebody once said to me, it's like when you boil a kettle, just boil what you need so yeah. if you're a way to make two cups of tea you maybe put in the two cups and, and barely any more whereas like i used to always put my kettle fill it right up to the brim and then put it on so stuff like that will save you money it's not gonna be a lot but over time it, it adds up i remember i had one of these it was like a meter in the house that showed you what energy you were using mm. and things like when you boiled the kettle jeepers the the gauge up it would go and it certainly made you more like it made you think about what you were actually using a lot more. Absolutely. That, that's how they uh, used to measure how many people watched Coronation Street, by the way. They, they'd, look for the, they'd look for the spike in the kettles. Honestly, they look for the spike in the kettles like halfway through the show yeah. to see how many people have, have got up, got out during the commercials. Yeah. And you're talking about the kettle there and, and you know, make sure you just put in enough water for, for the two cups. The flip side of that, the thing that I got told was when you boil the kettle, whatever you haven't used in the cups that you're pouring, pour it into a flask and keep the keep the water hot so that next time, rather than boil the kettle again, you just take the, the flask of hot water and you top it up into the cups. It's the same same thing, <laughs> different approach. That's it. Yeah, that is. That's it. Just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics. We just plucked a few there and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm Joe Mellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 102 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been looking at or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at 
philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast, like I say. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you'd prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.